This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. Welcome to Back in My Day. I'm David Petrangelo, and this is the episode where we have our not-so-stereotypical millennials look back at what defined our childhood and also look at what's happening today, which we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about that as well. Joining me this week is... Ian Walter. And the triumphant return of... Michael R. Power. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Secret Jedi business already. (laughs) His Jedi business is still happening. It's still happening, but... Never uh, go away. And now it'll <laughs> never go away, exactly. <laughs> Permanent Jedi business. Yeah. <laughs> Permanent Jedi business. Starting well, your own order. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, someone's got to do it, yeah, right? Do as far it. as we can tell, someone still has to get that going again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> true. Um, right off the bat, I want to mention that we are participating this year um, in Extra Life, which, uh, if anyone doesn't know, is a charity organization in North America that uh, raises money for children's hospitals by promoting playing games, whether it's board games or card games or video games. And they have a date every year, sort of in the mid to late fall, where they get, basically they pick a day where you can game for 24 hours, you put up a stream if you have the capability to do so, and people can donate to your team or your page, and that money fully goes to the children's miracle network of your choosing. So for us here in Toronto, it's Sick Kids. That is the one that uh, we are choosing to be associated with. But the money, regardless, goes to the network itself, which is great to help children's hospitals. So you can find our page. Pretty easy to find. It's back in my day. We're on Extra Life. I'm going to put the uh, link in the show notes. You can search us online as well. If you have us on Instagram or Twitter, you'll also see those links being posted between now and November 2nd which is when it's happening. So uh, all of that's going to happen. You can pass it around to friends, and uh, and we're going to raise as much as we can. There's no limit. There's no minimum. It's just really for fun and to raise money for an important cause, and I just wanted to make sure that we had that right off the top so that uh, we can have that out there, and I'm going to push that out there, or we are going to push that out there over the next uh, few weeks or so and really get things going. So thought I'd mention that. Great cause. Again, back in my day, which is obviously the name of the podcast. If you're here, you hopefully know that by now. (laughs) And uh, we are a team. So you can choose to join the team or you can just do a donation, a dollar, a cent, five cents, five dollars, five thousand dollars, whatever you want to give. Everything is helpful to uh, children's uh, hospitals, of course. It's like those marathons that you might remember doing in like high school or elementary school where you do a marathon of something like uh, sleep-a-thon where you stay awake or rock-a-thon. And you raise money, but this movie is thon. yeah, movie thon. But movie this thon, is yeah. uh, centered around gaming. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to try and we we don't know exactly. There's no like schedule yet for us or anything like that. We're still working out the details of exactly what we're going to do. But generally, we start sometime in the morning or around lunchtime. It's on a Saturday, and we just sort of play for as close to 24 hours as we can get. We usually probably pass out before that, but we're going to do our best. Anyway, Last year, so. I did full 24 hours. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's that's the whole I thing. I have a concert to go to the night before. Ooh. I'm considering just not going to bed after that wow. and doing it that 48 way. 48-hour marathon. Well, 
Maybe I'll, 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 yeah, I'll choose to, yeah, maybe I'll do 30 or 36. We'll see how it goes. Either way. find a harder time this time around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I will. Jedi sure. business doesn't yeah. exactly prep you for that. Or, or it preps you perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you're exactly. just so zen. You Used just, to know zen. <laughs> yeah. Mike, Mike is uh, extra life 24 hour in training. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like the more you stay in the game, the less you have to deal with the outside world. <laughs> That's true too. Uh, exactly. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's. It's a, it's about the gaming, but it's not really. I mean, we're just doing everything we can to raise money. So, uh, uh, anyways, Extra Life 2019, November 2nd is the day, but the page is up. Anytime you're listening to this, it is literally up 365 days a year. So, uh, that's just the day that they make the big event, and it happens all across North America and worldwide. So, we are being a part of that, which is great. Um, moving on from that, uh, it's been a little while since we've talked about the Summer Movie Wager, and it's been a few episodes since Mike's been here. Mm-hmm. And just to get straight to it, Mike is our summer movie wager champion. So we are in the middle of fall, so it doesn't feel like summer anymore, but we haven't had really a chance to look back at all this. So... Congratulations. Congrats to Mr. All right. Yeah, you are now my subjects. I am the Royal <laughs> Almost had you. <laughs> so we're going to... I, I'm just going to uh, list off the movies that were in the top 10 of our summer movie wager and what... Mike chose in that order so that we know where we're at. Um, so let's see. So we go to Mike's choosing here. So I'm going to go from 10 to 1. Or actually, I'll go from 1 to 10 because 1 is obvious. So you're listing down the actual No, I'm listing down office? your choices. Okay, my list. Okay. Mike, it's all about you now. Okay, it's all about it. you. Between yeah, the, the Jedi business and between winning yeah. this, it's all about you now. <laughs> <laughs> After this, I'm going to stop talking. So uh, number one, Mike's number one choice was Avengers Endgame, which everybody had, I think, Everyone had it. Yeah. Across the world, maybe. Unanimous. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, number two, The Lion King. Number three, Toy Story 4. Nailed number it. four, Spider-Man Far From Home. Mike got I nailed all, four all of those, of those yeah. right. Yeah. In the right order, right position, all of that was correct. Detective Pikachu was number five. Hobbs and Shaw was number six for Mike's choice. Just a couple of picks off for both of those. Uh, Aladdin number seven, which I think was a surprise for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that was two spots above where where you had it, according to this. Uh, Secret Life of Pets two, you also got right on. Mm-hmm. I go. think you might have been the only person that also in our group that might have got that right on as well. Uh, that's number eight. Number nine, Dark Phoenix uh, wasn't on. That's the one I missed anywhere, up. but yeah. I think a lot of people did. But at that so. point, you nailed so yeah, many. Yeah, and then Game speaking over. of nailing so many, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number 10 gives you just as many points as nailing number one on this list. So you got that at number 10 as well. That's really so. the one that sealed it for me. Yeah. And 13 points. 13 so. points. All right, what's the matter, partner? It's official, old buddy. Well, it has been. On August night and the leaves hanging down and the grass on the ground. Here I am, flat on my ass. Who, who I got living next door to me? I'm Sharon Tate. I'm in the movie. You're in this? That's me. I play Miss This Carl. year I got 82 points, and it's like a historically good year for us. Usually someone wins around like 70. Right. Um, and Ian was on my uh, heels with 73 points. So if I didn't nail one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he actually would have beat me. Like if it didn't, if oh, it was 11. Right. Yeah. Well, my mistake was going far from home at number three instead uh, of Toy Story 4. I had Toy Story 4 at number four. Right. So that switcheroo. Really right. Yeah, so I don't think like that... Score of eighty two is going to be hard to top in future it's years. Huge, but we yeah, it was like a it was like a good year for. I mean, for really, Did you go nine for ten. No, I, I nailed one. Two, John Wick three, was four. a dark horse, so six. technically, 
Yeah. And you nine got, for ten. Yeah. Sorry. Nine for ten. Um, nine movies were in. Yeah. In, in the, the actual top ten. And what was the actual number ten? Was that Godzilla? Uh, no, the actual number 10 was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, That's wow. why. that okay. Those 13 points mm-hmm. rocketed him up. Yeah, the actual order was Endgame, Lion King, Toy Story, Spider-Man, which I nailed. And then Aladdin, John Wick 3, Hobbs and Shaw, Secret Life of Pets 2, Detective Pikachu, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was how the actual yeah. um, which, box office like, <laughs> top 10 it, just was. Just looking at the it's like it looks like your list. I got, I got <laughs> thrown off because um, Hobbs and Shaw, I think, has since passed John Wick because it was out later. Right, but it, um, it cuts off it at Labor cuts Day. Off at a, cuts yeah, off at the Labor, Labor Day. Day weekend, exactly. Right, okay. So at that point, it made uh, just under 160 million, and John Wick was at 171. So I, I kind of want to like for a couple of minutes talk about what what you guys thought of the box yeah. office this summer and the like the movies, the quality of movies. Um, did you see a lot of movies? Were you yeah, Ian, go ahead. What, what, do you, what do you think? Sure. Just looking at that top five. I still have yet to see Aladdin, but those four I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they deserve to be at the top of the list. I mean, there are people on the other side of the fence with The Lion King, but uh, I thought the quality is like it's right up there. With a lot of people were saying it was a bad year um, for the quality of films coming out in the summer, like a bad year for, for movies, a bad summer, sorry. Yeah, but I mean, if I take into account my personal taste for Endgame and Far From Home... And then the nostalgia factor for t- Toy Story Four. I mean, I can't yeah. really complain. You disagree about this with summer. those sort of critics. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I kind of feel the same. I mean, I didn't see every movie on this list, but I saw the ones I wanted to see. So I saw Endgame, Toy Story, Spider Man, John Wick, um, Detective Pikachu, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I really enjoyed all of those movies. Detective Pikachu, we did a review on. It wasn't the best, but it was still an enjoyable blockbuster. Yeah, I think it was still um, worth, your, worth our time and yeah. money. Yeah, for sure. Lion King and Aladdin, I avoided on purpose because I didn't want to support the <laughs> Disney machine. And Hobbs and Shaw, um, I, I avoided on purpose because I heard it wasn't very good. You didn't, you didn't miss much, man. Uh, yeah. I, I watched I, the trailer a couple times over and you got the movie. Yeah, but I was, was kind of happy with the summer blockbuster. I thought Avengers Endgame not only... Did I love it? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home is one of my favorite mo- Spider-Man movies. One of my favorite MC movies of all time. Uh, Toy Story Four is one of the best Pixar movies. Like, so I don't know. People saying it's a bad summer. Um, people are saying that because they don't like uh, the sort of reboot culture, sequel culture. And if you look at this list, it's mostly reboots and sequels. Oh yeah. And so people. And you could consider Aladdin and Lion King. All, no, hundred percent. Right. Are. Yeah. They're, they're they're the they're the worst to me. They're the worst offenders of what's them the all. what's the what's the original movie here? Detective Pikachu Once and upon Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's the, that's it. Once Upon a Time is well, the only original movie not based completely original. off a, a yeah. previous IP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when Jaws comes around in 1975, and then Star Wars in 77, mm-hmm. I mean you've. You've birthed a summer movie culture of basically blockbusters. And right. Now yeah. it's not all original blockbusters. There's a lot of retreads, but people want to pay and, you know, put their wallet into those big spectacle films. Yeah. The big event films, right? Yeah. But it's I think the, it's where the money is. I, yeah. But people yeah. are, people are sort of critical of the fact that when like Jaws 1 and Star Wars were like original movies and people are, I guess they're lamenting the death of the original movie not based off anything but i don't know there's a reason why there's a little bit of that i think yeah. i think there's i think there's an argument on both sides of it like for me i look at this list and lion king i only have maybe a minor interest in because it's lion king but i haven't seen it no, i have no desire it. to yeah. same with aladdin honestly uh end game obviously was great spider-man was 
great, but I didn't love it like you guys did. Uh, and I, I on this list, I would say Toy Story 4 would be the best time I, well, maybe not the best time I had, but, like, aside from Endgame, I mean, like, after that, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to see Hobbs and Shaw. I don't want to see Secret Life of Pets 2. But everything else in the list is a good movie. Like, there's nothing here that's complete trash, I would say. Unless well, Men in Black International finished 13. <laughs> 13, yeah. Right. That is oh, the I worst had that for, I had that for number 10. Oh, really? I was, well, I was also hoping, <laughs> if you go back and list, I was really hoping that that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also, we speak as our, about our tastes as millennials. Right. Yeah. We are not also thinking about the generation's you know, younger generations that maybe just want to go see Hobbs and Shaw and just see exactly. stupid and like, action. And people who say, like, who are upset with the sequel culture, the culture it seems, tends to be, like, the older kind of film critics, and they're just, like, kind of grumpy. And, like, we we are, like, our fenders. Like, we support. Like, we go see those movies. Yes, you know and what I mean? you vote with your wallet. And right? I vote with my wallet. And I actually like seeing movies. I like franchises. I like sequels. Um, when a sequel comes out, I get excited. Um, but what I don't, the only thing I don't like is the Disney remakes. Yeah. I yeah. I feel those are different than a sequel. You've, you've drawn a line in the Yeah, I've drawn, a, I've drawn a line in saying, like, a sequel um, by a creative person who has something to say. It's it's like, it's like a sequel, yes, it's based off an IP, but it's still an original story. Mm-hmm. Just a remake of an old story just done with different technology, like the story is exactly the same, yeah. is just a pure, pure money grab, and that's a bit different, and... I mean, they're going to keep making them because they make money, and so I guess people want to see them. Yeah, so I mean, no with Lion King, anyone, exploring but... new technology was their big thing. Like, I understand that in some ways, yeah. but it, it's the it's, it's also not meant for us. Like what you were saying, you know, about like as yeah, maybe the age just that we're a at, new generation to the Lion King. Yeah, so we're, the old, so bad, we're the old guys you know? on the porch now. I think yeah. man, for this stuff. I don't know if I brought this up in the past, but when uh, I heard Kevin Smith talk about how Gus Van Sant was remaking Psycho, right, right, yeah. right, and he remade the movie shot for shot. And the reason for that, his reasoning anyways, was that, you know, nobody's going to see the black and white version in this day and age, in the age that he made it, so he wanted to make it a little bit more updated. And that was his whole reasoning. I mean, you could knock it or or enjoy that take, but uh, at the same time, he's trying to deliver to a certain audience and... I guess that's the way you got to look at it is well, what's the audience? So I'll, I'll just for? give you my opinion on why I disagree with the Disney remakes. It's because, so there's a reason why he made Psycho. He's like, I want to interest a new audience. And I th- but I think the reason why these live action Disney ones get remade is a much more cynical reason. I think it's an executive looking at his bottom line and being like, what am I going to green light this year? Yeah. Um, and it's guaranteed and money. And it's guaranteed money. It's and not it's an like, artistic choice okay, necessarily. Okay, we, we tested the yeah. wars with Cinderella, made a lot of money. Okay, what can we make next? What can we make next? It's not like like a good way to do a reboot or a sequel, like we said before, or something like Creed or, or later on 2049. It's like, it's like this really good uh, creative person or director or writer who's like, I have this great idea for this franchise. And they pitch at the studio, like, well, that's a great idea. That's a new creative direction. What a great idea. A new story. Or whatever, like it's not that it's like an executive being like, "We got to do this because it makes money." What director can we find? What actors can we find to create buzz? Yeah. There's not, there's nothing, cre- there's nothing like right. artistic about it, and that's the problem I have with them. That's yeah. all. And I think you're right about studio agendas and you know why certain things get greenlit over others. But then on the other side of things, I do, for example, John Favreau is one of my favorite filmmakers, so I do when I watch that movie. I respect what he's put into it, even though he knows he's making... Basically, he he went on record to say, I just want people to be able to say they've seen Lion King. So he knows that he's not really bringing anything new to the table, but where he is bringing new stuff is the way 
they're using the technology and the way that as opposed to watching an animated film, you're it, you're it is feeling like live action, even though it's not right. Yeah. it's feeling yeah. photo real. And if he it's was like, like uh, when you know the action's happening, it's feeling like you're in like a big blockbuster movie. Right. And if it was like he is like, I have this great idea. I'm going to pitch Disney. I think I can remake Lion King with this crazy new technology. It's something different than anyone's seen before. And if it was like, you know what I mean, like someone's project like that, then I'd be like, cool, like. That's a great idea. That's a unique idea. But it, it seems more it's like Disney being like, uh, we want to make a Lion King. Which director can we hire to do it? You know what I mean? That's what yeah, it feels yeah, yeah. like. Which feels do they a little not bit... have enough control know, over the box office and, and now streaming? And, like, do they not have but enough? You know, they have a duty <laughs> to their shareholders to make so much. Like, I totally understand yeah. why they do yeah. it. Like, I totally get it. I don't begrudge them. It's like, we're this big machine. We have to make lots of money. We need to green the movies that make money. These movies are proven to work. And so I like I understand like the economics behind it, but I just think myself, like I just personally don't support it. Yeah, that's not the one yeah. you're rushing it to that's see. What, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm rushing it to see. I'll just wait for it on video and like I'll probably still see it. So I am part of the problem as well, as if you say problem. But like I get yeah. it. I don't like it, but I understand it and I accept it. And I mean, you look at the money that these things make, yeah. man. Like, just domestically, it's crazy. Yeah, you can't deny it, right? You can't deny people want to see it. And you gotta give people what they want to see, or else. You're not doing your job yeah. if you're at a studio, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So we have a job to do now that you won, Mike. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> look at that. That's right. Hey, um, usurp. Yeah, so the, the champion of the summer movie wager gets to choose a piece of media, I guess you could say, which is generally a, mm-hmm. a couple episodes of something or a movie that is three hours or less, I think, or three and a half hours or less. Yeah, I think we adopted kind of, the same rules as, uh, as the guys from Slash, Slash Film, Film who kind of uh, helped inspire it. And so um, yeah, the winner gets to pick something that for everyone else to the watch. rest of the uh, podcast will watch. And so as the winner this year, I picked, if you saw, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see what I picked, the uh, 80s movie, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. It's where Big Trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He make one move. And that's just where he's going. The reason why I picked it is because I thought it fit the theme, number one, of like a retro movie. And number two, I'd never seen it, and I'd always wanted to see it. So I thought this was yeah. a good excuse to not only like get everyone to see it, but also get myself to watch it yeah. and my wife to watch it with yeah, me. Yeah. So she also participated. Get her butts in, the, in gear. In the summer movie <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, she she was right up there up until the last minute too. As far as scores go, she was it, it running away with it too. Like to me, like the kind of movie that I would love and that would be good for the podcast. So right, that's why I picked it. So you did watch. I mean, we can talk about it more once we've all watched it. That's right. Yeah, let's come back on the list. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about it then. Um, Before next year's summer movie wager, we will talk about it. Oh yeah, far before that. Yeah. yeah. I mean I mean Ian said before too, before we hit record, like it's it's on the list. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of hitting play. I want to know if you guys have it. seen it. Um, yeah, back in the way day. Way back. Yeah. I honestly I I don't think I could tell you much about it. Like it's one of those it's one of those movies where I've I've watched it probably once in one full sitting and then like bits and pieces, but it's been probably yeah. twenty years. Like it'll be a fun be conversation like when we've all kind of seen it in a relative time frame where we can talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So um, all this talk about blockbusters and everything, uh, we do have uh, a lot of movies and big game releases and stuff to get to. And then I'm going to tease to our next episode where we're also talking about big movies, but in a more controversial way, I would say, uh, that includes uh, one of the best directors and movie makers 
in, um, I would say in history, at least in our generation, for sure. Uh, so I'll tease ahead to that. But in just a second here, we're going to get to some dates. We'll uh, kick off our Back in My Day uh, segment. So just stick around for that. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's get to a few dates here on our uh, Back in My Day uh, a patented segment. I don't, I don't know if that's that's really what it is, but uh, um, we are in the mid to late October time here, so we have a few things to get to. So the first thing that comes comes to mind here on October 18th, this is a huge date. So first, there's a movie. Is the original Jungle Book was released in 1967. All you gotta do is. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stress. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. So, a uh, big Disney classic that uh, was, speaking of Disney movies that were <laughs> remade over the last few years. Um, this another was Favreau special. Away, yeah. yeah, exactly. Another yeah, Favreau special. Ian, this was... One of your favorites, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was in my top five. Yeah. Uh, almost got bumped for the top five when I threw Emperor's New Groove in there. Right. But it landed at number Everything five. Everything gets bumped for that. <laughs> That's no, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it landed at number five. It's a classic. It's got really good music in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, you know, it's the it's those animals. They've animated so well. They've got some great songs in there, Bare Necessities and all that. Uh, it just stuck with me. But yeah. I think Alice in Wonderland is also right around that line. Like I have really work its way into the top five fond well. memories of uh, Jungle Book as being like one of the original ones that I watched a lot. Yeah, um, well, it's and, fun. There's so much music. Like it's very much a musical. Well, I mean, a lot of them are. And it's got this like what all the old ones have, which is kind of like a scary, creepy. Uh, like, yeah, like vibe Shere Khan's to it. actually yeah, it's scary. Actually kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, the way kids, it ends I mean. and everything too, the fire and all. Like it's it's actually gets very intense. Yeah, yeah. It's like like as a kid, or kind of kind yeah. of creepy, right? Kind of like the. The uh, one that Scott was talking about, the Ichabod Crane, or the, yes, that's right, uh, yeah, yeah, Alice in the Wonderland, yeah, kinda like Snow White kind of has that, like it's maybe it's a bit of the animation too, yeah, it has that like slightly more vibes. rough around the edges yeah. than the stuff that's been out in the last twenty years, I guess, or whatever, yeah, um, yeah, that's one that I, that we had on on rotation as well. I never owned it, but my it was one of my cousins, right. like kind of like always. I remember we have like a like our the playroom, the quote unquote playroom or whatever, and like little TV in the corner and then all the figurines and Lego and stuff that was like almost always the movie that was on nice. <laughs> during yeah. that. So and uh, yeah, so that's that's great too. Um did you guys see the the newer one of yeah. this? Yeah. yeah. I, that's mean, one I did uh, see. There were two actually came out in the same Oh year. well yeah there was um it well there was, was the uh, one from Favreau and Disney. Yeah Andy Circus did um, right. uh Mowgli. Right, and that was and like that a, was a very similar style movie, but just with a bit more Andy Serkis uh, flavor. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, both of them were pretty good. Favreau's has got some great action, just like Lion King. Um, it is pretty much the same story retold, but uh, it's got some. It's good slightly songs. different. Yeah. I saw it because Bill Murray was 
Blue. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason I saw it. I have like no urge to watch it, but it's like I just they still got enjoyed Bill Murray, myself. It's, got my it's money. not. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah it's not like bad. I, it's a little I, bit I more live action than I um, than if you were to compare it, especially right. to Lion King. But um, but yeah, it's, it's the story that we've we've seen before. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like there's something. Stuff, there is so. something about those like uncanny valley of those like uh, mm-hmm. re- photorealistic animals that's not quite right. That I that I prefer the TV yeah, animated that's true. version. Yeah. Uh, but that's just preference, maybe. Yeah, huh, I could see that for sure. Uh, what else we have on the list here? Right up next on the same day, we have uh, October 18th in 1985, or at least in North America, the original Nintendo was released. What will the future bring from Nintendo? More hits like Super Mario Brothers. Arcade hits like Kung Fu. Nintendo has the most video game hits. Hogan's Alley, Duck Hunt, and more like Baseball and Excite Bike. And you can play them only on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. Alongside with, of course, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and Rob the Robot (laughs) as well. Did that come to North America? Yeah, but it was uh, like, they had like one game for it. And yeah, so... So um, so you're saying we were like a week old? (laughs) I was seven days old. Wow, yeah. (laughs) I had a Nintendo. Oh, you had the original one? Yeah, I had the original. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never had one, but... That's the only two games I remember having. I might have more. But I've been playing a lot of the Nintendo games on the Switch. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh, yeah. So what have you worked yourself or, or worked your way through? At I've least? just played like a l- little bit of each one, and just like because they're so old and there's limitations that you know it's hard to to play, play them. Like some of them are pretty. Rough, yeah, yeah, some of them are pretty rough. Uh, but they do this really cool thing on Switch where it's like they'll have the game, then they'll have the special version of the game, which puts you like close to the end of the game. Oh, so, I didn't know they did yeah, that. Yeah, so you can play like wait what? Yeah, so you can play like Metroid, right? Yeah, and you'll start you'll start at the very beginning, just like you would if you owned the game. Right. Then you'll have the Metroid Special Edition or Special Version they call it on the Switch, and then you'll play it. It'll start you like in the last last quarter of the game with all the weapons and all the gear, and you can kind of test out the final bosses and stuff. Oh, so I I didn't know you. Could yeah, do that so at just all. go look for the red like special version. Uh, oh. And they, they did it with a lot of the games. They did it with <laughs> Zelda. They did it with uh, Kirby. They did it with Metroid. And Longer, Kid Icarus and stuff. So games, you can yeah. like, instead of sitting there and working through the twenty hours sure. with the rough controls and stuff, sure. and you know how hard Nintendo games are. And Metroid's not easy. Yeah, too. you can just go to the special version. I think they call it, and then jump to the end of the game and try the end game out. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Oh, that is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, good. already it's cool that they have them and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, anyways, it, it's something to 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 mention, obviously, because it's the first. Nintendo and it and it just basically kickstarted everything. I mean, it's it came right at the time, right at the right time. I and mean, when we've, I, I'm not sure if you've read it, Ian, but the Console Wars book, I'm getting to it. Yeah, yeah has it has a tail end of this. It's mostly about the Genesis and the Super Nintendo and 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 a little bit of PlayStation stuff in there as well. But like, it it starts off kind of around this time in the late '80s, how it's like right when the arcades were starting to crash. Right, this came in, and I think that is. A lot of the reason why it skyrocketed so much, like well, it, you know, this came at in, least it helped. Or did this? Did home consoles create arcades to cat to crash? Was it well, I, the chicken I, before the egg? Yeah, I think it's. I think it was probably uh, half and half, really, because yeah. there was there was the. Um, I mean, citing the book, that there was a bit of a dip. I mean, maybe not crash, but then once this came along, basically this mm-hmm. and and the twenty six hundred came along, it was like well. 
Now you can you do this at home. Anymore. Yeah, you can go yeah exactly. Home. So yeah. kind of, I guess it, you know what it did. It probably just solidified it. Is what it Maybe. did. Yeah. Nail in the coffin, sort it's of interesting. thing. Right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You don't need to go out to the arcade anymore because you put a one-time down payment. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, it, it's just like I don't. I mean, it just is what it is now, right? Like, look at like this is just basically I. Atari probably kicked it off and stuff, right? But it's the console that made me like fall in love with video games and turned me into like a lifelong gamer was Nintendo. And is it Super Mario and Duck Hunt that kind of those are the two games solidifies for everybody? I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can vividly remember playing the first Mario. Like we talk about, you know, two and three and all that, but I still remember Mm -hmm. the full run through of the the first game and the music and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's the fact that the so many of the so many of the great games that are out today are franchises that started from this Nintendo console. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. There's there was so, so much many out. Of them. Uh, Zelda and Mario and Metroid and actually the best game. So I've played almost all of them yeah. for at least like half hour an hour. And my favorite one, I think it has the best con- the best controlling and like almost the best, is the Kirby the Nintendo oh, Kirby really? game. Yeah, yeah it's, it's for, the, for the original NES one? Yeah. See, I like NES Kirby one. games. I don't know that I've played that one, though. Yeah, it's good. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to try it then. It feels the most modern of all of them. Oh, okay. It doesn't feel as frustrating with the controls. Yeah. <laughs> Your thumb doesn't hurt as much or anything? Yeah. <laughs> you guys still need to try a little Nemo. <laughs> yeah. We oh, do. yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Dream Master. <laughs> the Dream Master. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at it, too, here. They have a couple stats on the best-selling games for NES. Okay. Uh, any guesses as to what they are? It's not that difficult. Zelda? No. Mario Although 3? I'm sure that's up there. Yeah, okay. So Super Mario, the original one, okay. because it came, came with, with it. it yeah. Right? So that and technically yeah, Duck Hunt. Yeah, so rule that out. So $40 wow. of of that. So basically that's how many consoles they sold. Yeah, maybe right. they sold slightly less, maybe 35 or something. Uh, Mario Brothers 3, which was eventually a pack-in with the system. So that was $18 million, which I actually... I think it would it's be a significant like, drop. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge drop. Yeah, uh, and this is these are uh, how many North... people are out there playing with just Mario? I think that was a, me, I, I'm honestly. good. <laughs> Mario and Duck Hunt. I don't think I had much more. Yeah, I, I don't know. I never owned it, so I have no idea. But it's um, and then and then Mario Two. This is this is worldwide, right? So Mario Two never came to right. North America until much later. Um, but those are the those are the, like it's just Mario. It's Makes Mario sense. all the time. Yeah, they were <laughs> right? the best ones. Yeah. So even the first Zelda is really clunky. It is. So. Well, that's, I mean, it's like you have to sit there with a pen and paper to yeah. get yourself through it, right? It's crazy how and, that's just And, you know, money talks, so that's why they invested so much into developing more Mario games. It was the, and, and it the was the, the guy who created it. He was genius, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just kicked everything off, right? It's just, um, it's insane how this is just like. When you play, like, when you Nintendo, play them, right? like, you realize, like, how, it's like, badly designed a lot of them are. And with the next level, that the Mario games were like right. the creativity of I forget his name. P- apologies to the creator, but <laughs> the the creativity and like the engineering and thinking totally different than everyone else to create those games is like mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Like it's it is like so much better using the same tools that everyone had. He created something so much better. Like the the hardware can only do so much, right? But all these games have such um, amazing tech use of that what what we now see obviously is limited technology and like i mean the fact that they could make like a zelda or a metroid game or even i mean even just duck hunt like 
Yeah. Like, it, just cool. simple things like that. It's, it's not, it's, this, is, this is the 80s. I still like, marvel at how Duck Hunt works with the whole gun yeah. flashing against <laughs> the screen. How does that work? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. We used to, like, we played Duck Hunt in um, university. Like, we had an NES. We played Duck Hunt. It was fun. It's still fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, how does, like, how does it still work? It's yeah. such old sensor yeah. technology, so right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, one other one to get to, too, that I think we can talk about um, is Majora's Mask, which was on October 24th in 2000. So uh, not one that I personally played much of at all, but uh, you guys did, right? Yeah, you guys are, sure. are huge I owned this, it, right? yep. I mean, I was so in love with Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I was just same. happy to kind of get back into that mm-hmm. type of game. And I mean, it's I still hold Ocarina of Time above the rest. Same. But, uh, I mean, it had its its day. I've definitely played enough of it. <laughs> yeah, I played it, and I, I played a, not as much as Arena of Time, and it wasn't mm-hmm. as good, but it had that, it, it was, yeah. And you were able to control the other factions. Like yeah, it was cool. And just, yeah, and just like the masks and stuff. Like, it had a bunch of cool new ideas. I don't know why it didn't quite hit the mark as much as... Right. Because it was still Arena. a big game, like... It was really Arena big Arena was, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. And it had, like, it, that it night... Doesn't it have, like, the day-night cycle thing? I remember yeah, when... Yeah, we talked about it before with Jordan. Yeah, with Jordan, It had, yeah. like, the moon was crashing to the Earth. Right. Um, in, like, Which is an item days. you can use in Smash Brothers now. Yeah, so <laughs> you had, like, hilarious. three days to do everything, and, like, you had to plan how you were going to play the game around that, so it's, like... And then before the moon crashed, you had to like reset the day. Yeah, so right. that what happens. Yeah. So that was like the big reset. mechanic. So it's like you had to do something and change something up and then reset the day. And then on the second night, something different would happen because you did something, you know what I mean? And it was all like that. It was, it was so like... maybe that's what it is. You needed maybe. a guide kind of too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And o- Ocarina of Time is that first of the new generation. So you have right. such mm. an appreciation for how yeah. different it was. Like from, Mario 64. Like Mario 64. Exactly. Yeah. Like if they had a yeah. sequel for Mario 64, we'd probably still be talking about Mario 64. Yeah. Uh, just like with right. Perfect Dark, we talk about it how it's kind of an improvement to Goldeneye, but we're always coming back to Goldeneye because Goldeneye yeah. is the one we have. Yeah, you nailed it. The like love for the leap between the Zelda that came out before uh, Ocarina of Time and Ocarina of Time. That leap is so gigantic. Yeah, it's like the gig- leap between 2D Mario and Mario 64. That the leap between uh, or- Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask is like so so small compared. Yeah. And like so. if you ever play Grand Theft Auto, it's like the leap from like. GTA 2 yes. to GTA oh, 3. To three? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, is I always why... Oh, the, GTA 3 is still like one of the best those ones that <laughs> yeah, So those ones that have the big innovative yeah, that's difference true. are the ones that you remember. Right? Yeah. That's just they how stand out more and I guess yeah. that's a lot of the discussion is around and the fact that it was so, so And rightfully so because different. they're the one that that like innovated a lot right. to come up with that and then the other ones just like kind of piggyback and iterate a little bit but it's like yeah, that one that comes up Again, another uh, another big set of like Nintendo franchises like we were talking about with the NES that just like without Majora's Mask or or Karina or Mario 64 like that those couple of years of these types of games like we wouldn't have probably wouldn't have Breath of the Wild and all that kind of stuff or any even a non-Nintendo property that is somewhat similar like it's just it's I don't know it's hard not to there have been lots of Zelda (laughs) ripoffs like since like lots Uh, but none have done it quite as good, I don't think. No, it's a different feel, too, mm-hmm. right? It always feels a little bit different that way, too. Nintendo so. polish. Have they done remastered Ocarina of Time? I have it for, uh, yeah, I have it for um, 3DS, 3DS, right? Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are all there. So it's... Uh, like, if fantastic. that was on <laughs> Switch, like, do they have it on Switch? No. No, that would be... I don't be, think that was on Switch. Like, I, I keep saying when I get Switch, I'm eventually... But if they announce that today, I'd probably go grab it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes, eh? I'll do it, yeah. Um... 
Yeah, that would be great if... So the Super Nintendo games came to Switch. Yeah. Yes. It would be great. I just... Praying that they do this where they like put next they put like Game Boy Color games and then oh, they put yes. N64 games like oh that would how much yeah like, the Game Boy the, games would be big I would yeah. I would love the Game Boy games how much for sure. would the like uh, online subscription be worth if like, it's already a good value with it's all the Nintendo deal. and Super Nintendo games if oh, they started yeah, the putting N64. Game Boy N64 oh, games on well it? And that's the thing too is like there's so many on there mm-hmm. already I mean there's it's not like there's a, there's, there's like thirty or forty yeah, but, Nintendo games, but that's all. I mean, almost that's all you need. I mean, there's always favorites that might that are probably not on the list for a lot of people and right. stuff. But like, it's honestly just worth it for for me anyway. It's just worth it for the Super Nintendo games yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I've sort of done the same thing that you did with the NES ones. Mm-hmm. I've kind of played a little bit of all of them. Yeah, I'm gonna go through the Super Nintendo ones next. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get to beat like Metroid I finally like, bought and the stuff. Switch and all I'm playing is like the the old stuff the, the, old, the retro <laughs> Nintendo games and Tetris 99 that's like all I'm playing oh I haven't played Tetris in a while oh, yeah it's so good oh, it's, I'm so bad at it <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad at it some like, I'm not great but it, I definitely get better like as, yeah. as you play yeah just, yeah. you gotta, you gotta like be quick anything. you gotta be on it right yeah um, alright guys that's great thank you very much uh, for joining me this time um, again another reminder about Extra Life November 2nd you can find us at uh, Back in My Day on the Extra Life websites in the show notes of this episode uh, on our social media pages and uh, speaking of those Mike where can people find us at Day Back In yeah. Day Back In on Twitter Instagram please find us uh, subscribe rate review on your podcast app of choice Exactly. That's it. Uh, Guys, thanks very much. Great. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's... Big Trouble in Little China. It's on the reflexes. 